And welcome into Heavy Hitters, everybody. Not our usual intro music, but Mitch is bobbing, I guess. Give you it can, my You own. can uh, I'm not qualify that as. Home. Um, you might be wondering, why are we I entering to that? Well, on my own. upon Mitch's insistent request. It was like twice. But I am a good friend. Yes, you are. I'm a good friend. I don't know how you put up with me, buddy. So... Can the I Phillies. break the news? Sure, you can do it. The Phillies are going back to the postseason. They've clinched the number one wild card. And let the city begin to celebrate, hopefully, another month-long joyride that was last year. And let's finish the job this time. They beat the Pittsburgh Pirates by a final score of 3-2 to in 10 innings on a walk-off RBI single from Johan Rojas. Didn't start the year with the club, but he's up here now. And they got great pitching in the top half of the inning from Jeff Hoffman. Similar story. Wasn't here. Got brought up midway through the season. And man, oh man, no one wants to play the Phils. Home series to start. That'll be next Tuesday and Wednesday. There's a slight chance I'll be in attendance, Jack. Can you believe that? And uh, after that, we will see what happens. But first things first, Phils get to rest some players today. The lineup is a shell of its former self tonight. Uh, but that doesn't matter. The Phils going back to the postseason for the second year in a row. Man, oh man, is this exciting. I guess. Jack is underwhelmed. I guess. It's exciting for you. It is. It's definitely exciting for me. So. And if they lose in the first round, I will be clowned on to no end. By that As man. you should. By that man. Someone stop that man! <laughs> Okay, Kevin Harlan. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Someone stop that man. I think that's the best part of the of the whole thing. Like, you know, he's banging his arms bare-chested across the floor. Like, I don't care about all Someone that. Someone stop this man. Exactly. Someone stop that man. <laughs> oh, man, he's, he's, he's great. He's great. He's a national treasure. But the Phillies clinch it. There are two spots left up for grabs in the National League. And I guess technically, too, in the American League as well. You want to start breaking some of those down, Jack, or any thoughts on the Phils, their season so far? What a crazy season. Nope. What a crazy season. From uh, the Harper injury coming back so quick, the Trey Turner turnaround, Nick Castellanos a bounce-back season, no Reese Hoskins all year. He could be ready for the World Series. That would still be pushing it, though, Rob Thompson did say on 94 WIP this morning. I'm very excited, Jack. I don't know if you could tell. No, I could not tell in the slightest. I'm a little pumped up. Just a little bit. First time in franchise history they clinch a playoff spot with a walk-off. Huh? It was exciting. So, Johan Rojas, the man who has zero power, but he leaked one into center field, and that got the job done, scoring Christian Wednesday Pache. Wednesday you leaked it. It was just a ground ball right up the middle. It leaked into center field. That's a term. I think it that's is. what Tom McCarthy said on the broadcast. It leaks into center field. Pache around third. He's coming home the throw. Not in time. What do you think it leaks into center field? It's just like a little dunker. Leak know? is like a, a slow ground ball that should have been gotten, but it, it isn't. Well, a leak, when you look at water, leak can be small. It can be a huge leak. That, that's not a leak. That's a breach. <laughs> I guess. Anyways, we got some real sports to talk about. Rather than leaks, we got MLB, which we will do in just one second. We'll have college football, NFL football, all the footballs here as we move into college football week five and NFL yep. week four. On this edition of Heavy Hitters, we got some previews to give you because 
Mondays are typically recap, and Wednesdays are previews, the way the schedule falls. Yep. Here we go. Let's get into it. Where do you want to start? All right, we'll go MLB first. Talked about the Phillies. They clinched. Congratulations to them. Uh, they are the first wild card. They'll be hosting a playoff series in the first round in just a, in the a jungle. Week. Yeah, uh, less than a week. Tuesday. Less than a week at uh, Citizens Bank Park. Gross. No, I'm just kidding. Fantastic when you look at it. No, not a bad ballpark, but... Great ballpark. That's a stretch. Because I went to PNC, man. Oh, my God. Not even close. Boring. Not no, even Don't close. care. Who cares about a river in the background? That's. It's not just a river, Mitch. It's a river. I was there. I, be, I was in in the seats, man. It was just, it's just a different feel. Like, the backdrop behind like behind the stadium. Oh, my goodness. So boring. It's incredible. Philly skyline's beautiful. It's incredible. Where else are you going to get these fans, though? The fans are what make the ballpark. Yeah. You've never seen CBP... When it's electric. No. How many times have you been there? Like that one Phillies-Braves game? Twice. Twice? Uh, I went to Phillies-Mets, I think, in like 2010. Yeah. Boring. Uh, and then I went to Braves-Phillies last July when the stadium was re- relatively empty. Yeah. So, so. you got to see that passionate when it's rocking, man. you got to see it when it's rocking. A very passionate fan base when they're still in it. That, um, that Lorenzen no-hitter that I was at this year? Mm-hmm. Unreal. Harper first home run? Unreal. Real, and really, I can't wait. Really, can't wait to really see the, the fans didn't buy back into the team until they made the playoffs last year. Uh, I disagree. I totally disagree. I think the the fans bought back after uh, sort of after June when we went on that crazy uh, no. run. Yes, <laughs> I would not say. I that. lived it. I was there. That's when we all bought back in. Like everyone was watching, they didn't fill the stadium up. Oh heck, no! There was no sellouts going on, but the people bought back in. I don't know. August was rocking. We'll, we'll talk about that more All in right, just a second. Good. I do have a message from the KUR notebook. Then you might as well read it. From the KUR community calendar. Want to join a fun campus club? Join KUR. Fun events, great friends, and an opportunity to play your favorite tunes await. Email KUR at Kutztown.edu. That's KUR at Kutztown.edu. For more information, this message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, hour number one, heavy hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Your one-stop shop for all the best in sports talk. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley, man. Oh, it's good to be, it's good to be here. It's a good Wednesday. It is. It is. We finally got some sunshine today. We do. It's usually it's been dreary the yeah. uh, the past couple of shows just because of the storm weather. Ophelia, yeah, Ophelia's through. remnants. Would you say? Uh yes, officially, yeah, her remnants. Yeah, being she did hit us like as a tropical storm at first. Yes. Then it was her remnants. Yeah, just some get your remnants out of here, will you? Yeah, that I'm gonna light, say that to Jack. That that light rain was so. Oh, the mist? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you heard me. You heard I know. me yelling about it. I was not happy. No, you were not. But let's get to some sports. Um, I think the biggest series going on right now has to be Stroh's Mariners, right? Would yeah. you agree? Let's start yeah. there yeah. then. Uh, they've split the first two games. Uh, I'm looking ahead to tonight's game. Do you know what time that is? I think it's a late start. Since it's in Seattle, that would add up. Yeah, yeah. it's a 940 start time. 940 start time. We got Frommer Valdez for the Stroh's 339 ERA. And Bryce Miller, 4.17 ERA for the Mariners. Jack, the winner of this game is officially positioned in that third wild card. They've split thus far. Who do you have tonight? Who do you have 
putting themselves in the postseason picture. Give me Houston. I love Framber Valdez as a starter. You know, I just we've seen him at his highest this year. He's thrown one no hitter. Uh, was pitching a no hitter, I believe, into the eighth inning. Another one of his starts, uh, but lost it. This guy is incredible. Give me the Astros. He's definitely elite. Um, I don't know. Something is telling me. Uh, oh, something's telling me to pick the the Mariners. But I'm not going to. I'm going to go with the better pitcher, the fantastic pitcher in Framer Valdez, um, and a lineup in the Astros that is used to coming up big in big spots. Give me the Astros. Uh, they'll be one and a half games up if they win tonight. And trying to narrow the gap to get that uh, second wild card spot. Not that it means all that much um, with the. What are those? The Blue Jays. So the Blue Jays currently sit, I believe, a game up on. No, a game and a half up on the. Astros. Mm -hmm. So that was something I'm looking at. Um, The Cubs. (laughs) How about an embarrassing loss last night? Oh my goodness. That was not good. What were they up? 5 nothing. It was 6 nothing. Cubs. Yeah. The Braves worked their way all the way back only for the ball to be dropped in right field by Seiya Suzuki for the go-ahead run to score. Oh man. That was ugly. That was about as ugly as it gets. That's the thing I'm used to seeing in September with the Phillies. Those kinds of losses. Yeah, I mean, that's embarrassing. Yeah, you can't do that. As a fan, I would uh, be irate. I mean, how do you drop it? Two runs came into score. I mean, that was the play that gave the Braves the win. Yep. 7-6, Atlanta takes the first of three at home against the Cubs. Uh, A bone-crushing loss, backbreaker. Uh, With that loss, the Brewers officially clinched the National League Central Division. Yes, they did. They celebrated that in their clubhouse last night, despite losing to the Cardinals 4-1. Uh, they popped some champagne and had a good time uh, in 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 their uh, in the clubhouse. That's officially the loss that gave the Phils the number one wild card, by the way. Yeah, so, so two teams. Thank you, Cubs. Getting to celebrate from the Cubs' failures yesterday. Phils did, you know, they clinched their own playoff spot. But yes, night. but yes, it was the added extra. bonus. Added bonus. Um, also, looking, uh, I believe one game out at the start of play today was the Marlins. They're playing a doubleheader because of a postponed game against the Mets. Have they, They've they started Game 1, I believe. Game 1 underway, Mets up 4-zip after Ooh. 4. Pete Alonso's belted his 46th of the year. Nice. And Francisco Lindor hit his 28th home run of the year, the two big boppers in the Mets lineup. Um, yeah, I mean, Braxton Garrett, the, the southpaw, got the start in this one for the Marlins. Not what they were hoping out of him. He's thrown 77 pitches through those four innings, three hits, four runs, two walks, two Ks. So really, the two home runs have been what's, you know, snake bitten him, really. Yep. I mean, it's three hits, two of them have been two two two-run home runs, and that's been the difference. Yep. And then uh, the only other game that I saw going on that is of interest in the wild card, D-backs, last I checked, were up on the White Sox 3-0. Um, don't know if you've seen any score updates with that. One three to nothing. So they've taken they the won. first two okay. in Chicago. That's huge for them. Doing what they got to do. They now have a game, game and a half oh. up on the Cubs for that second wild card spot, oh, wow. and they're two games up on Miami for the for you know in total. Gotcha. Okay, so I had the Cubs a half game back of what I thought they were. My apologies. So with the win, the D-backs 10 games over. They put themselves in a really good spot. If they can sweep the White Sox in Chicago before coming back home to face Houston in a pivotal series, I think if they sweep Chicago, they're going to be in. Uh, But, I mean, more than likely, if they win one of the games against Houston, they should be good. Yeah, because the Cubs have to play the Braves one more time. 
Um, and I think the Braves looking for one final win to secure the number one seed, right? Uh, they're like four games up on the Dodgers right now with four games to go in the season. Something something along those lines. Who, what, where, when, why? The Braves. Playing, oh, yeah. Playing the Cubs. Yeah, the Braves so the, are going to get the one. Yeah, yeah, that's how it looks. Um, yeah, so that, uh, one other note I had, I mean, my dad and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, I'm hoping for the uh, Diamondbacks to get that second wild card, if and only if, uh, so that it makes the Phillies have night games in Philadelphia against the West Coast team. Selfish reason, but it would help me get to the game much easier. So, Exactly. Personal reasons, but um, just have to highlight again, the Mets are out. Oh, very funny. I know. I'm sorry, buddy. So, uh, But yeah, the Marlins, they will go play the Pirates after their doubleheader with the Mets. Uh, that's the final day of the Mets series, right? With, yeah. For the Marlins. Uh, the Cubs, um, they will head to the Brewers, who have clinched... Uh, they will face the Brewers, I'm sorry. And the D-backs, they play the Astros. That's not an easy series. So that is the final weekend of baseball for those wild card hunting teams. The Reds, I'm pretty much going to say, are out. Nothing doing for Cincinnati. Um, and the Pirates, not Pirates, the Padres. The Padres and Giants, they've split the first two in that series. Uh, I wouldn't rule the Reds out just yet. They're I one would. and a half back. I would. If they, they what, I think they beat... Yeah, they had to have. They had to have beaten uh, Cleveland yesterday. They did. They won that game. Where is it here? There we go. 11-7. That's huge. They win tonight, and the Cubs lose, and the Marlins are currently losing right now. Yeah. If the Mets sweep that doubleheader, the Cubs lose and the Reds win, they're within half of a game of that last wildcard spot. Who do the Reds go to play next? St. Louis. Saint, okay, so they have winnable games. The Pirates, I think, are winnable for The Miami. Reds probably have the easiest schedule of those teams left. Yeah, the easiest They have four series. games left, one in Cleveland, three in St. Louis. If they win three of those four, I think they have a good shot. It's just so hard. I think that the D-backs are going to win one of those games against the Astros. I think, they'll, I think they have a really good shot to sweep Chicago. So, I mean, that base, I think that puts them out of reach of the Reds. Yeah, I mean, I think the D-backs get that second spot. It's just who gets the other spot. Right, and there's two teams that would have to fall past the Reds. I just don't think it—I don't know. It it's, could happen. It's hard with with two teams ahead of you for one more spot. Three teams ahead of you for two spots. It's difficult. But uh, not mathematically out, but in my mind, I don't see it happening uh, with a young Not saying Reds it's easy. Squad. No, it's not easy at all, but— you're right. There is a there is a chance, uh, especially with the. I did not factor into my prediction. The Marlins already down four nothing in game one. If they lose both games of that doubleheader, which won't happen, but if they did, I don't know. Kodai Sang is pitching game two. Yeah, for the that's Mets. true. Johnny that's Cueto true. is pitching for the Marlins. Cueto. He's got a six one nine ERA. Yeah, so very possible if, they, it if is. the Mets win game one, they could know, also win game two. I just feel like I always see teams split doubleheaders. It just yeah. seems to be the way of the world these days. Um, yeah, that would definitely line up for the Reds to be the. Uh, the first team sort of gunning down the the Cubs, and the Cubs have shown no effort to try and win baseball games, up six nothing. So, yeah, it's embarrassing. It is. It is quite atrocious. I mean, so. they get Jamison Tyon tonight, who's not good. Like I'm, I'm saying, like they get Jamison Tyon tonight. Like it's a positive. No, it's a negative. He's got a five oh five ERA on the year. Yep. We've seen him pitch well at points, and the Cubs are really going to need him to pitch well tonight. He got a four year deal, right? I believe so. Yeah. One of many to get a four-year deal, just like Tyon yeah, Walker, similar but I think to the a Tyon more Walker expensive. Deal. Yeah, and Tyon's pitching a little bit better, so um, just a little bit. <laughs> not, yeah, not not leaps and bounds here, but uh, any other notes on MLB, Jack? 
Congratulations to your Phillies. Thank you very much. As painful as it is to say. I know. But, hey, you get to see us lose in heartbreaking fashion once again, most likely in the playoffs. So That's fair. I don't know, man. The, I will say this this Orion uh, Keckering, Kirkering. Yes, Keckering. Everyone in Philly is saying Kirkering. So I don't know what to make of that. How? It's K-E-K-E-R-I-N-G. It's How a Philly it thing. I don't know. We that, say that, phone. That doesn't home. make any sense. John. I don't know. It's our Kirkering John. Um, so my John is... Uh, don't stop. I'm using that. I don't know. He looks like he could be a weapon in the postseason. I've just been thinking about this over the last couple of days. He could be a weapon uh, to kind of help secure that bullpen with Sir Anthony struggling, giving up homers left and right. Uh, Matt Strom gave up a home run after Aaron Nola had a dandy performance last night. Two years in a row, the Phillies clinch on a uh, Aaron Nola start. He didn't get the win, but he pitched outstanding. Six and two-thirds, no runs. Yeah, it was pitcher's duel. Yeah, it was for a while. Brandon Mitch Keller Marsh, pitched well, too. Yep, Mitch Keller did. And it looked like only an, uh, something looked like he messed something up in his warm-up tosses in the seventh or sixth, whatever it was, sixth, uh, because first batter. Uh, Marsh took him deep, and then the Phillies got a couple more hits in the inning and a sack fly to make it 2 nothing. And then the Phillies' bullpen gave up a pair of solo shots. So Aaron Nola looked good. Uh, Kirkring looks like he could be a big piece. Um, trying to round into form here heading into October. Red October, in fact. But I do see we got to take our first break, Jack. So We do. On the other side, we'll start talking some football, NFL, and college Stay here. Heavy hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. And welcome back in. It's heavy hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I love this music, by the way, Jack. Thank you. Good call on your part going with that. But uh, we are here more than halfway through the week, starting to eye up that weekend. And you know what that means, Jack. Saturday means, well, Kutztown University football after a big win against Shepard last week. Uh, coming back to phase East Stroudsburg. Correct. Yes. So we'll be there. Uh, you can hear that on the same place you're listening to right now, KUR. However you may be listening, um, tune in, my tuner, Radio, Radio Garden. Garden. Nice! Um, yeah, feel free to uh, to tune in. You'll hear me, Jack, and Josh on the call. We will be there bringing you all the action. But it also means college football. It also means NFL. Jack, are you excited? It's a, it's, this week's kind of dragging on for me. This is a rough one. I'm feeling it. Yeah, it's a long week, a lot of stuff to do, but, you know, I guess it's better to stay busy than to be doing nothing, I suppose. Uh, but I don't know. Jimmy Buffett makes doing nothing sound really good. In <laughs> Dude, I, I could just sit on a lawn chair and listen to him all day long, not accomplish anything, and feel great about it. That's the charm. That's the charm right there. You grew up on Jimmy Buffett, I though. absolutely grew up on Jimmy Buffett all the time. We had uh, – my parents had a, a – CD of like his greatest hits and they put that in the remember when cars had CD players you know what I mean mm -hmm. and we put that in our 09 Chevy Suburban and it just stayed there for the whole summer we would get in the car just play wherever we left off and just it was like the same 15 songs for the whole summer so I I know them like the back of my hand but there was one it's the I-95 song uh, that my mom would always have to skip over whenever it came on because it's not, you know, it's not something that could be played here on this station and in front of a, you know, seven-year-old's ears. So, great memories, Jack. Great childhood memories. That's not what we're talking about, though. What are we no. talking about? Um, I do want to talk about, uh, did you see about Brooks Robinson, the news about him? 
Uh, Michigan State. Um, no, that's Mel Tucker. Oh, Mel Tucker. I'm but sorry. This is baseball. Oh, um, oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yes. Good call. Brooks Good Robinson, a Hall Legend. of Famer, yes. third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles, passed away at the age of 86 yesterday. Uh, big part of the Baltimore community. Um, you know, was renowned as Mr. Oriole, was a huge part of that organization. You know, got involved starting all the way back in 1955. Had an illustrious playing career for the O's, uh, tallied 260 career homers, uh, just under 3,000 career hits, and a 78.4 career war. A great career on the field, uh, and such a good person as well. Highly, you know, revered, I would say, by many in the Orioles organization and by many of the players that he shared the field with. So, hearts go out to his to to the Robinson family, and uh, his impact on the field will stay within the Baltimore community and overall the sport of baseball for forever yes it will well said jack thank you um, yeah i apologize I, that totally slipped my mind and even when you said the name um i don't know why but uh that's my bad it's all good we all have our mental lapses we all do um but anyways wanted, did you, yeah just wanted to take that moment to uh recognize all that brooks robinson did absolutely it's a great call on your part and i couldn't have said it any better thank well you. done buddy thank you no all right well let's get into it mitch so much football to talk about we got college on Saturday, another great weekend of college football on tap, and then the NFL to follow that up on Sunday. Man, we also got the Thursday night game too, which really comes before the college football. But we do, we do. It's it's an interesting one. It's a NFC North showdown this week. It is, and you know what? Let's just get right into. Let's it, get to we? it. Lions Packers, man. Um, <laughs> a couple of interesting uh, interesting starts to the year for uh, both of these squads, but it's going to be Jared Goff. Against Jordan Love, um, Lions Packers in prime time. Um, the Lions dealing with a myriad of injuries. You got uh, Halapulivati Vitai. Great word choice. I love that myriad. Myriad of injuries. Uh, f- I believe four total offensive linemen on the injury report for Detroit when I looked at it. Um, David Montgomery, obviously. Uh, safety uh, Joseph. Uh, CB, how do you say that? Mosley? Yes. Emmanuel Mosley, I thought. Emmanuel Mosley, yes. Um, Yeah, so it looks like a lot of injuries. Uh, The Packers dealing with uh, a few of their own in the defensive secondary, and then uh, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson a little banged up. But I think, uh, are both of them going to play? I thought so. I thought I saw that come across. Well, Aaron Jones was questionable. Looked like he was going to play last week. Didn't. They ruled him out just before game time around 11.30 Eastern. They said, uh, the Packers came out and said, Jones not going to be playing today. With a short week, um, he was limited in practice on Tuesday was Aaron Jones. I don't think they're going to overly push him on a short week. Yep. I think they'd rather just have him fully rested and back for week five. That was just what That's just my inclination, what I would believe would be the better choice if I was handling the situation. Obviously, I'm not, and the Packers have better intel on the status of Aaron Jones than we do, of course, but I don't see the need to rush him back. I mean, the run game hasn't really been good between the combination of you know, Emmanuel Wilson, A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor, the plethora of guys that have gotten involved in, in Jones' absence. None of those three really have been efficient in any capacity that's been consistent. They've shown flashes, uh, but nothing really you know, building up over the course of the game. And Did you hear that? Yeah, that was my computer. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a beautiful noise. <laughs> I like that chime. But. Anyway, back to the Packers, though. Um, for me... Pack to the backers. It's just that... The rushing attacks, I'm not, I'm not loving it. What, what are your thoughts on Jones and possible Watson? Uh, having had A.J. Dillon and having a close eye on the Packers' running game, it has not looked good. 
uh, which might be some some reason for them to want him to play. Aaron Jones is obviously electric when he's healthy and has the ball in his hands. But, I mean, this offense, it seems like it's more than just one piece away. This offense is predominantly stuck in neutral for the first three weeks of the season. Exactly. I don't see much of it changing. Quite honestly, I don't think Jordan Love is that good. But I would agree with you there. I, and I, I know I've some people that are... since the start. And I hear these people that, that think he's going to be fantastic. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't, I don't see an elite trait for him. No, me neither. Like, I, I think, think he's, he's okay a, at, at, at many things. Like I He's a he's decent fine. quarterback. There's not like one specific part of his game where I'm like, that's a glaring weakness. But I also don't see a part of his game where it's like, yes, that is a elite trait yeah. where I'm like, this is this is the thing he can use to become a upper echelon quarterback in this league. Right. I, I just don't see it at I him. don't think he throws quite accurately. I don't think he throws the deep ball that well. He doesn't I, have a huge arm. Right. I don't think he moves around the best. I mean, he has some some mobility, but uh, I'm not a big Jordan Love guy. I don't love him. Um, the Lions, uh, they come in with the eighth-ranked offense, eighth-ranked total offense, uh, compared to 22nd for the Packers, and uh, they are ahead in defensive rankings as well, uh, 11th to 15th. So two, you know, middle-tier defenses. Um, offense is what sticks out. Yeah, the offense, the, the disparity is absolutely there. Um, you know, you have real playmakers in Gibbs, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Jared Goff has looked fantastic recently. And we'll uh, see if David Montgomery plays in this game. Exactly. You know, obviously dealing with, with an injury there. Yeah, thigh injury for him. Yep. So, for me, uh, I think the Lions are going to be able to move the ball much better. They're going to be able to, the big part is control uh, possession because, you know, if given enough opportunities, Jordan Love can move these Packers down and score some points. We saw that uh, last week against the Saints, right? So I just think uh, the Lions with Gibbs, they're going to be able to run it you know, better, uh, more efficiently. The Saints have not run the ball well whatsoever. So I think this is a different challenge at hand. Uh, if the Lions can get out front, which I think they will, they should be able to manage the lead much better. Give me the Lions in prime time over the, the, uh, the Cheeseheads in the Packers. Um, I got the Lions. How about you? I would agree. I'm going with the Lions. Just because of the injuries for the Packers, I think, are a little bit more. I mean, yes, the offensive line is a little bit of a question mark for for the Lions. But if I'm looking at the Packers, I mean, you're not going to have your two offensive playmakers more than likely playing this game. I don't think Aaron Jones is going to play. Christian Watson, limited practice the past couple days. I don't think he plays in a short week either. Jair Alexander didn't practice Monday, limited the last two days. He's questionable for the, questionable for the game. I don't know if any of those three guys play, and I can't say that with any certainty that one of those at least will play. No. I'm going with the Lions for, for that reason and that reason alone. Yep. With that being said, though, we are going to step aside for 30 seconds. It's Rush Hour. We're going to give you our updated traffic report. Uh, we'll be back momentarily here on Heavy Hitters and the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. No accidents in the Lehigh Valley on 22 or 78, Berks County on 222 or 422, Schuylkill County on 209 or 309, Carbon County on 248 or 443 are on the turnpike. The 69 News Traffic Center tip line is 610-820-1111. That's the latest from the 69 News Traffic Center. And welcome back to Heavy Eaters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KR Kutztown. Jack on Mitchell Smedley, hour Yo. number one. We were talking all things NFL, starting with the Thursday night game uh, between the Lions and the Packers. And we are in agreement. We both think the Detroit Lions will win this game, improve to 3-1, and one, and be the team who takes that edge in the NFC North yep. as both the Lions and the Packers come into this game with a record of 2-1. and one. Want to head to London, buddy? Let's do it. Let's Falcons go to London. and Jags. Oh, man. I already know. I, I already knew where I was going with this. 
Um, okay. but I'm just going to write it down because I have a hunch. Yeah, yeah. I'm not falling into Chris's trap once again. Cool. I'm in on a bounce-back performance for Trevor Lawrence, ETN, Calvin Ridley, and the boys. Uh, Dougie P is going to get his men over uh, to London and get a W. He's already gotten one. Uh, he got one back in 2018 with the Eagles against the Jaguars. Um, so give me the Jags to beat the Falcons. Um, I, I'm not impressed with Desmond Ritter. I'm, I'm going to say this every week. I'm not impressed with Desmond Ritter. Uh, Bijan's a playmaker, but he's not enough. The passing game looks atrocious for Atlanta. And I, I think that this is going to be a week that the Jags are able to put up some points. Um, I, I understand that the Falcons have some playmakers on defense, but I think especially in this league, uh, offense is starting to reign supreme. You need to score points. We say this from you know every every now and then. Uh, the one thing that does concern me, sometimes defense travels a lot better than offense. I, I'd say most of the time defense travels uh, pretty well. So I uh, expect the Falcons' defense to maybe have the edge with the with the different location. But I think after getting embarrassed by losing to the Texans uh, in pretty convincing fashion, uh, the Jags are in for a big bounce back this week. How about you, Jack? Yeah, I'm going to go Jacksonville as well. And I... Um... For a lot of the same reasons you said, I just I think this offense has to step it up because they looked horrific last week against the Texans. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looks terrible. Yeah, gets no help. His offensive line isn't does not look that great so far. What's, for whatever for, for whatever reason, I feel like whenever I see the Jaguars pop on when I'm watching red zone, their receivers are just dropping the football. That's like, what I like, to point like out. Like they yep. cannot catch the football for the life of them. Outside of Christian Kirk, who's been like the, the consistent guy the last two weeks, Calvin Ridley popped off in week one. It's fallen off the face of the earth ever since. I mean, he did not show up against against the Texans. Well, he did drop two, like, exactly what you see. He dropped two balls in the end zone last week. Two touchdowns in his hands. That completely turns the game around. It does. So if you just hold on to the ball, this offense looks a lot better. You get, you know, points for those drives. You get uh, your, your, you know, your passing percentages up. Your receiving touchdowns are up, passing touchdowns, all of it. Uh, those are those are two big drops, and I, I don't think that that happens again. I don't think that you drop two balls in the end zone every week. No, I would agree with that. Uh, they also didn't have Zay Jones in that game against the Texans. Um, I'm not sure subtraction. if they're going to get him back for this game, but the, when they like to run those three receiver sets, they put Kirk in the slot and Ridley and Jones on the outside. Uh, last week, it was I believe it was Tim Jones who kind of took over in some capacity for that role that, that Zay Jones usually takes. Jamal Agnew got some more receiving action that we've seen. He had five targets, reeled in four for 49 yards. And ETN got, I think, a little bit more involved in the passing game. Uh, racked up 50 yards on, on four catches on five targets. So a lot of different faces getting themselves involved in the receiving game as Jacksonville just tries to find an answer offensively. I think this is a week where they take a step forward in that regard. I'm not going to say they're going to blow out the Falcons, but I think the Jags win. They're three-point favorites. I, give an, I get on a win. I get on a cover. I like Jacksonville in London. Traditionally, they've played well in the London games. They're going to do it again. They're going to get another win. Yep. All right, so we agree there. Let's head to a big matchup I have circled. I have a, I have a couple 1 o'clock games circled here. Yep. Um, Dolphins-Bills, uh, big AFC East showdown. We have um, really two of the premier teams in the AFC, in my opinion. The Dolphins coming off their 70-point showing, and that has vaulted them to the front of uh, just about every offensive category. They're number one in total offense. Number one in passing offense, number one in rushing offense. So it's ones across the board there. Uh, the Bills, no slouch. They're the seventh-ranked offense. That's not number one, though. 
Um, and we're optimistic that Jalen Waddle can play this week. Uh, have you seen any uh, further news on the Waddle thing? When I'm looking at Waddle here, I am just trying to reel in all the data that I can in just terms of like concussions or they're weird. They're weird injuries just because you don't want to rush a player back. No. And because you'll, you, I mean, not only will you face a lot of backlash for that, but it, it's just those are injuries you have to monitor very, very seriously. It's one of those things you can't see it, and there's no yeah, there's exactly. No, uh, it's just all based off player feel. Yeah, it's it's well, it's a lot of player feel. There's they've gotten better at diagnosing and, and treating these um, recently, but it, it is a lot of you know it's it's your brain. It's not readily on the surface um, that you can see. Oh, it's healed. So you know, hopefully he can play. If not, I mean, they just put up seventy without him. So I think the the Dolphins' offense will live either way. Um, I think he's going to play, though. Yeah, I think he'll play. If I in had line to, to practice fully today, that's yep. from five hours ago. So the the other disparity, though, I talked about. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, my, my bad, buddy. But full participants, that's good to see. Um, we talked about how they both have good offenses. There's a quite the disparity in total defense. Dolphins twenty third. Bills are up to second. They're the second best defense in the league. Um, you know, we saw the Dolphins give up twenty to a very substandard. Um, what is that? Broncos team last week. I definitely think the Bills have more offensive potential than than Denver, uh, and I think that it's going to take a lot more than twenty points to beat them. And you're not going to score seventy each week. So, Jack, how do you see the uh, how do you see this AFC East uh, divisional grimy showdown go down? Go down. I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins to go to 4-0. I like this offense. The Bills, when they faced high-power offenses like the Chiefs, they struggle. hasn't fully gone well for them. Yes, they clamped down Washington last week. They forced Sam Howell to look really, really bad in that game. Yeah. Uh, he threw four interceptions. Yes, he did. I believe there was five total turnovers on Washington's behalf. There was. So Buffalo was plus four in the turnover margin. They're not going to get that in this game. And that was a huge part, I think, of why they won so sizably at Washington. I like this offense, but I I like the offense, but I don't love the offense. I like James Cook as a running back coming along, progressing. Stephon Diggs, of course, is the top dog at receiver. But outside of that, there's no consistent receiving options to help out Diggs in this Bills offense. For that reason, um, I got to go with Miami. They've been the more consistent offense. They've showed some things on defense last week by getting to uh, getting to Russell Wilson, forcing some turnovers there. I think if they can get to Josh Allen, make him feel the heat, I think this game is going to shake the Dolphins' way. I've been really impressed with what Mike McDaniel's offense have showed. Their receiver room is so deep this year. Yes. They, just, they had speed. They identified a strength in the offense, and they got more of it. You know, yeah, they had Tyreek Hill. They had Waddle last year. They go out and get another speedster in Braxton Berrios. There's not a playmaker on this team that's over 5'10". That's crazy. You, you short kings out there, go play for the Dolphins. Like, they're, they're just small, but they're fast, and they know how to utilize space like no other team. Wait, Tyreek Hill's not taller than 5'10"? No, dude, he's short. I did not know that. Huh, interesting. Um, Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I do have faith in the Bills' offense. I have faith in... The playmaking ability of Josh Allen, and I'm looking at this this Miami defense. I don't think they get that pressure. I don't think they have anyone uh, that can lock down Stephon Diggs for for a uh, a whole game here. I'm not saying I'm scared of the Miami defense. No, but they showed things last week that they didn't show in the first two weeks, and that impressed I me. Yeah, it is a good point. I just um, I don't know, man. I've struggled with this one. I'm struggling with it now. 
What did I have written down? Let me see. I believe I had... Yeah. Had By the way, Wilson only got play. sacked once, so it's not like they were getting to him like crazy. Yeah. But they oh. forced the turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. And so did the Bills, though. So I, it's going to yeah. be whichever quarterback can limit the turnovers, and now that that's coming out of my mouth. See, I had Bills written down, but saying that last part... Anytime there's a big stage, I feel like Allen gets a case of the uh, interceptions. Yeah. And so I'm going to have to go. I watched him primetime week one against the Jets. He threw three picks to, who is that, White? Uh, yeah, Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go with the Dolphins. I think Tua, I think it's his year, man. So it is. Give me the Dolphins to be 4-0. I, I like I, the I, Dolphins. That's not what I came in thinking. I'll, I'll state that right now. I and did. this is not a last week situation where I'm saying, well, I think if this happens, no. I think the Dolphins are going to win. I think I should get credit for that that Lions win, but yes, I, I think the Dolphins beat the Bills. A bunch of malarkey there. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to take us to our final break of hour number one. When we come back, we're going to move a little bit more quickly yes. through these other NFL games. We're going to take a deep dive preview into a couple other of the one o'clock games as well, but other ones like the insignificance. You know that might not be so prevalent. For example, we're not going to spend time on Broncos Bears. Thank you. Took the words right <laughs> out of my mouth. Uh, and well, actually, that's I don't know how your list is going, but that's kind of what I have next on my. I had Vikings-Panthers before that, Okay, but then Broncos-Bears. Well, we will decipher our order to each other over the break. (laughs) When we come back on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, K. or Kutztown, we will continue to break down NFL football games for this weekend. Stay with us. Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, K. or Kutztown, Jack High Mitchell Smedley, rolling on through the final part of hour number one here on this Wednesday evening. So glad to be with you for... These next hour and 15 minutes, breaking down all things NFL, we went to the break in-depth, breaking down the Dolphins and the Bills. All right, Mitch, we are going to move on. We are going to talk about our next couple games in line. We figured out our order over the break. Yep. All right, let's do Broncos-Bears, then we'll go Vikings and the Panthers. Not a whole lot to talk about in my mind for Hardly the Hardly anything to say for either of these, yeah. Two on three teams. Teams that have looked putrid to start the season. Dolphins just dropped 70 on the Broncos last week, as practically everybody knows. And the Bears got embarrassed in the Taylor Swift game in Kansas City. Dolphins. Bears. Yep. Who you got, Jack? Give me the Broncos to win. I think Sean Payton's going to get his first win as head coach of Denver. I see more sparks. I see more bounce back opportunity. Yeah, exactly. I think this offense in Denver at least has some life to it. Right. Unlike in Chicago, where it looks like it's just dead. It's just it's down and out. Yep. And it's just getting kicked as it's just laying there on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Don't want to waste any more time on it. Yep. Let's move to Minnesota and Carolina. Um, Jack, my my notes on this game were very simple. The Panthers are dealing with uh, some defensive injuries. We already knew about C.J. Horn. Um, There's some others going on. Isn't it J.C. Horn? Um, C, uh, did I say C.J.? Yeah. Yeah, J.C. Yeah, he's on uh, IR. J.C. Horn. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's not doing well right now. But uh, they've had some even more this past week. Uh, my notes here say uh, defensive injuries will leave J.J. open all day. Um, that's basically how I think this game's going to go. It's just going to it's about 300 receiving yards for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, the Vikings offense is going to absolutely tear this Panthers defense to shreds. I think the Vikings get off the schneid with a convincing win. There is no way Minnesota starts 0-4. Nah, the Panthers are a terrible football team. Very bad. They're going to get another one, another like top three pick. Stop! <laughs> Why are we doing this? Boom! All there right. we go, baby, so. on the same page. All right, we both got Minnesota. 
Yes, we do. Let's go to Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. It's a AFC North showdown between Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns. Led by that vaunted defense, Miles Garrett. We got Denzel Ward in that secondary. Mitch, give me your thoughts on this one, what we should be looking at, what are the key matchups, and how do you think this one's going to shake out? Ah, man. So, remember when I said the Bills were the second-best defense in the league? Yeah. The only one better than them has been the Cleveland Browns. And for good reason. They're, they're creating turnovers. They're creating points. Uh, they're getting a lot of three-and-outs. Um, I think the defense, it's its all it's hyped up to be. I think it's for real. Um, you know, we watched them in primetime against the Steelers. Uh, was that two weeks ago? And... Look, the Steelers scored two defensive touchdowns. Otherwise, that game was firmly in the hands of the Browns. It was uh, offensive woes that turned the game around. Well, on offense, um, I think it's time that some receivers other than Amari Cooper get more involved. I think that they will spread the ball out more, and I think that Kareem Hunt's been in the system for a week longer, complimenting Jerome Ford, who looked good uh, in the last two games. So I think that they'll be able to move the ball as well uh, on a Ravens defense that is, you know, they just allowed a loss to to the Colts. The Ravens, they have not moved the ball with consistency. They have not found really um, their their offensive rhythm yet. Lamar looks like running the ball is the only thing working for them right now. Uh, So I have the Browns over the Ravens in this AFC North showdown. What say you, sir? We're, we're going to keep on a green here. Give me Cleveland. They're Boring. home. I like the defense. What sticks out to me, the Ravens are so hurt right now. Very. Rashad Bateman didn't practice with a hamstring injury on Wednesday. Odell Beckham Jr. still trying to push through that ankle injury he suffered. Melvin Gordon is their starting running back. Did not practice on Wednesday due to Odell Beckham. I think Gus Edwards will play this week. Dealing with a concussion was a full go in today's practice. I think you should be in the game on Sunday being the starting running back with Melvin Gordon being his backup. Justice Hill, not sure if he's going to play. He's dealing with a foot ailment. Did not practice today. A lot of injuries, a laundry list of guys on the injury report for Baltimore. We'll see how many play come Sunday, but with the intel that we have available to us right now, trying to make the most informed and logical pick. Uh, gotta go Cleveland. It might be boring that we're agreeing so much, but yep. I think we'll you know, disagree on the next game. The facts are presented. The injuries are... Plentiful for for Baltimore. We hope all those guys, of course, heal up and get back on the field sooner rather than later. But with how many guys are injured that contribute in their starting lineup, going to have to go with the Browns. By the way, injury notes for them. Jerome Ford, limited practice today with a shoulder injury. Miles Garrett, Amari Cooper, they're going to be on the injury report, but they're not injury-related. They're just resting today. Nothing to worry about as of right now for those two guys. Uh, and another guy, Joel Petonio, started, uh, starting offensive lineman. Rest, comma, ankle, did not practice. <laughs> interesting to see him, the severity of that ankle injury. Uh, but I think it's injury, interesting that they listed as both. And Kareem Hunt, ribs and groin, Ooh. did not practice. So we'll see. I actually didn't know about that one. I think I think Ford is going to be good to go he on, should be. I, on Sunday. All the talk I've heard, it sounds like he should be good. But ribs and groin for Hunt's interesting. That's, I will yeah, that's say odd. that. Those are two, uh, like, ribs are not something that's just easily fixable. And, and even groin. if you play, even if you play through a rib injury, it, it hinders the player a lot of times. It's a lot, it's very painful. And groin injuries, they can linger for weeks and Big weeks. Big time, yeah. They are, that's not something you want to see. Uh, let's move on. A uh, game that I think could actually be really interesting, and I'll, I'll have my eye on on the red zone this week. 
Texans-Steelers. Um, I think this is one of the bigger young tests for C.J. Stroud. The Steelers, a very, very daunting defense. We've seen what they can do. Uh, it's it's very hyped. I think the Texans get the win over the Steelers. I think C.J. Stroud uh, is finding these younger receivers that he likes throwing to. I think Tank Dell is here to stay. Uh, is it Westbrook Aquina? Is that how you say that? That's the Colts, right? I'm sorry. Wrong AFC South team. Um, who's the other uh, Texans receiver that's emerging? Tank Dell. Besides Tank Dell. Oh, you said Tank Dell already? Yeah. Uh, Nico Collins? Nico Collins. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, I can't believe I said the wrong AFC South team. They're all boring. Easy to mistake. Um, I don't think the Texans are boring at all, actually. No, I, I actually have loved what I've seen from the Texans so far. Uh, and I think if they can get the, the ground game established, especially with, with uh, Damian Pierce and... Uh, Oh, he was in Buffalo. What's his name? Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. Uh, then they can really get this thing rolling in their favor. I think it's uh, a struggle for the Steelers to put up points every week, Eva, you know, despite who they're against. I, I, I'm not fascinated with the Steelers' weapons. I'm not fascinated with Kenny Pickett. I'll say it every week. Give me the Texans over the Steelers. I'm going to disagree. Yeah, yeah. The Steelers fan here. Going to disagree, Apparently. but I'll explain my reasoning in just one moment Please as we do. give a message from the KOR Notebook from the KOR Community Calendar. KOR has got a lot of history behind it, from its inception as WKSC and WRKU to the reboot in 2005 to now. KOR History has got you covered, and if that interested you, go ahead and give KUR History a follow over on Instagram at KUR History and uncover the lore behind this long-running station. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, I will differ with you for the first time today on our NFL picks. Is that the first one? I'm going to go with the Steelers. One more. Oh, no, you convinced me to go the other way on a different pick. Yep. All right, yeah, with Dolphins, with the Bills, Dolphins we're going to go yeah. Buffalo. All right, I'm going with the Steelers. One reason, okay. one reason only, and you said it in your breakdown, the Texans cannot run the football. They yeah. can't do I know, it. it's it's an Achilles heel, right? And that was kind of one of the bright spots last year. Damian Pierce was a breakout star. Uh, can't do it this year, man. Has 100 yards as the leading rusher in three games. Yeah, I saw that stat. That's 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 disgusting. Unacceptable. So, look, eventually these numbers have to turn. I would think. Uh, I think they. I think they start establishing the run, and you know, we saw what we saw what Cleveland did to them on the ground. We saw what Chubb was doing uh, before he got injured. We saw what Ford did on that big run. I don't think the Texans have the offensive line to do that. I agree. I agree. That's but definitely a step back from the from the Browns. I'm going to compliment the Texans while picking the Steelers. Okay. Respect. I think you've touched on it, but I love what C.J. Stroud has shown this yes. far. He is third all-time in passing yards in his first, in first three NFL games, surpassed Patrick Mahomes, and sits only behind, I believe, Justin Herbert. And uh, why is the last name blanking me? I saw the graphic on this earlier. I'm going to look this up. Uh, when we go to our hourly break and go back and get it, because it is, I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't remember it. Is it like a recent one? Last uh, few years? I believe so. Yeah. Josh Allen? No, no, no. He was bad to start. Yeah, he was not. He was, he was not. not what he is now. <laughs> yeah, I'm having trouble thinking of it as well. But I mean, just talking about Stroudmore, his poise as a quarterback, his accuracy was what was so highly touted of him coming out of college. We've seen that on display in the NFL. But he finds that, you know, that perfect range of aggression. Sometimes you see with rookie quarterbacks, they get a little bit over-aggressive trying to air the ball out down the field or be a little bit timid, staying underneath. He feels comfortable throwing into tight windows, knows when to release the ball when receivers are breaking off the routes. It looks yep. like he's been a veteran quarterback when only playing three games as an NFL starter. Everyone kind of grilled the Texans for the pick of Stroud just because of the, uh, uh, what is it, 
the the Wonderlick test for the quarterbacks, I think it's called. Or I think he sco- scored the lowest yeah, out of was, all yeah, the draftees. Like out of all the test. Yeah, exactly. But he's shown great. You know man. what? He's shown great. That test doesn't mean anything because he's looked incredible. I think D'Amico Ryan's is a really good head coach. I think he's got the Texans trending in the right direction. Not going to be this year, but I think in a couple years down the road, the Texans will be talked about as a contender in the AFC. Yeah, once again, I mean, they used to be. Exactly. I, but ever since they kicked that field goal against Kansas City to go up 24 nothing, the the organization's been in flux. But we got to keep moving through uh, pretty quickly, so we differ there. Uh, Rams and uh, – who is that? I'm sorry. Messed up writing it down. But – uh, I have the Rams beating the Colts. I'm sorry, I couldn't read that. Beating the Colts. Uh, I think it was a fluke win against Baltimore. Uh, I think the Rams receivers, they show out once again. They got held down last week against Cincy in a must-win game for Cincinnati. I think this Colts team is less motivated. Cam Newton was the other one. Thank you. Cam Newton. There you go. Yeah, it was It was Cam Newton with 1,012, Justin Herbert 931, and C.J. Stroud, I believe, at 888. Not bad. Um, that's a good number, 888. Um, I got the Rams. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's particularly close. I don't like. I don't think Gardner Minshew is very good. And the more film there is on him with this system, the worse he's going to be. Uh, what say you? It's a quick one for me. Yeah, give me the Rams. Um, you know, we'll, m- maybe Anthony Richardson plays this week. I don't think it much matters. I think the Colts have looked better than a lot of people have thought they would yes. under Shane Steichen. Definitely. But I like McVay to win the coaching battle here. Matt Stafford's the better quarterback. We'll see Cooper Cup back in week five. The Rams have already announced that as they've been yes. ramping up his workload. So he'll be coming off the IR then. Be ready for their week five matchup. So the last week, the Rams are without Cooper Cup. I think the offense gets a rebound. I think this Colts defense is a little bit worse um, than the Bengals. And they're not going to be able to do what the Bengals did to shut down the Rams. Uh, but g- give me the Rams at a bounce back to win and approve to 2-2 two and two with a road win over Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yep. And then uh, I got one more during the 1 o'clock slate. Uh, just before we go to break here, the Bucks and Saints NFC South showdown. Uh, the Bucks could not stop the run whatsoever uh, on Monday night against your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, not that the Saints have run particularly well, uh, but it should allow them to do a little bit more than what they did last week. Are they getting Kamara back this week, or is that next week? Yeah, Kamara's back this week. Yeah. By the way, it's 906 yards for Stroud. I just wanted to double-check nice. that it was right. Not 88, 906. Thank so you very much. is third. I want to get a but. correct clarification on that. But Kamara's back this week yep. for the Saints. Could like be a great mentioned. opening matchup for him. Absolutely. You know, get his feet wet here. Uh, the Bucks. Uh, I'm sorry, Jameis Winston and the Saints, they should be able to do enough through the air, I think, on a weak secondary that got kind of exposed I think the Bucks record will go to 500 after this week with a loss. Just because the Saints are home in this game, yeah. I like them. Um, I think they I think they play inspired. Jameis Winston is. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. It's just you know getting a quarterback introduced in the middle of a game is tough because they had a lot of camaraderie. I think with Carr. I mean, I, I know Carr was only there for three games, but that offense looked comfortable under the guidance of Carr. Offensive line has been a little bit shaky at times for New Orleans. But I think it'll do enough to keep Jameis protected in this game. It's not going to be a high-scoring game, but I think the Saints get enough to get the job done and improve to 3-1. and one. I think they should be 4-0. and oh. Should have won at Green Bay last week. They didn't. All right. Well, that is going to take us to our hourly break. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this juncture of the show. When we come back for hour number two, we will continue to preview uh, the weekend slate of NFL games, and then we will shift our focus to college football. Don't go anywhere. Heavy hitters in the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. 
And welcome in. It's hour number two of Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley with the awful voice after screaming no. at a walk-off win last night. It's gone, Jack. It's gone. And it's going to be gone, hopefully, for weeks on end. Hopefully, for weeks on end. It's shaping up just like last year. An undefeated football team, a baseball team in the playoffs. Philly sports is coming alive, man. What a time to be alive. Nope. Yeah. I refuse to accept this. We got uh, we'll have college real. football talk coming this up. This isn't real. Really? It's not? No. It is real. No. It's the second year in a row, buddy. No. It should feel real by now. Mitchell, am I? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 It, was, it was more of a, he's going deep. No. 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 We, we were referencing two different things. Oh, were we? I was doing the Broads thing after the Phil's comment <laughs> against the Mets. <laughs> And I was referencing this clip that I saw from John Boy. Yeah, I know. Of this, um, for those that don't know, there's, I don't know if this announcer had like a bet on the game or something, but there's a deep ball thrown at the end of the game. It's like this, I don't know, it had to be like FCS game or something. And the announcer, when it's caught, just loses his mind, just screaming, No! No! He sounded possessed. But we'll have college football talk. Uh, We are going to finish up running through this NFL slate. I don't have too many more games circled. The later games are not the best. We have a good Monday night game, but we'll talk about that on Monday's show. So for now, um, just want to make a quick note. Over the break, Jack Heim did an E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles chant. Very pleased to hear that. Um, Not an Eagles fan. Mitch, Mitch just said the Eagles and it popped in my head. And for whatever reason, I said it. We will talk about the Eagles coming up next. But first... I'm kind of ashamed of myself, actually. <laughs> you should be, dude. It's, I, uh, it's a rivalry. Why would you disgusting. do that? Why would you do that? For um, whatever reason, like when you when you said the Eagles, the 2017 Super Bowl popped into my head. <laughs> hey, that's what pops into my head uh, every morning I wake up, actually. Usually that doesn't happen. But for whatever reason, in this instance, it did. <laughs> and I thought because I was rooting for the Eagles in that game. And I did do You're a chant. You're an Eagles fan now. And I did do a chant on that night. Nice. What a great night. I was actually at a buddy's house for that game. I was at my grandparents' house. Congrats. One of the biggest Eagles fans I know, my grandfather. We call him Pop Pop. Grandpa, Grandpa Smedley. Uh, Pop Pop. Schneider. Oh, not Smedley. <laughs> well, <laughs> Grandpa Smedley is a very different man. <laughs> I guess a, a Grandpa Schneider. Then. Pop Pop. A Pop Pop Schneider. Just call him Pop Pop. Okay. Anyways, Whatever. moving on. It's Before not my, we get to it's the not my grandfather. Yeah. Before we get to the Eagles, uh, real quick. One I have the point. Bengals over the Titans. Okay, I'll talk about that in one minute. Yeah. I just want to want to circle back to the Saints real quick. Oh, oh we, yeah. We did mention Kamara coming back as it could be a huge factor, but we didn't talk about how putrid and dreadful the Saints' rushing attack has been. It's been in really bad. Absence. Their leading rusher is Taysom Hill Ooh. with 91 yards in three games. Not not good. Not Actually, uh, Tony who, Jones Jr. You know what's, um, you know what's crazy, Miller, though? Last to week? put that in perspective, uh, that's... Just barely worse than the Texans' leading rusher, who is a running back with 100 yards through three games, Damian Pierce. So, not good. Not getting it done, Saints and Texans. Yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, Kamara should make a big difference for that offense. Gives them just another weapon in and out of the backfield. You know, Kamara can catch passes. And do you remember that uh, that six-touchdown game he had? When he caught that ball along the sideline and broke like six tackles. Yes. That was insane. That was a Sunday night game. Peak Camara. Yeah. So um, I got the Bengals over the Titans. I don't think it's particularly close. The Bengals learned how to play defense last week. And uh, I think they get the job done over an inferior Titans squad, an inferior quarterback. 
and inferior weapons with the exception of DeAndre Hopkins. How about Derrick Henry? He looks not good this year so far. The Titans as a whole don't look good this year, but it's tough to run the football when you're constantly trailing in games, and I feel like that's just been the first three game scripts for Tennessee. Trailed practically all day against the Saints. I don't think they had a lead in that game. I mean, that was actually Henry's probably best showing. 15 carries for 63 yards, also had 56 receiving yards, so not a horrible game yeah. for him. But if it just you're hasn't at the looked like the recap, same guy, you know. They had a three nothing lead, six three lead. I mean, they just kept taking field goals to have leads. They they traded field goals, but they never led again in the second half. Nope. Tough to consistently run the football when you're behind, despite you know the close margin. And then in the game against the Chargers, I think it's just been a combination of trailing and lack of efficient run blocking. You know, they were down eleven nothing in that game at one point. Then fourteen ten, they get a lead, seventeen fourteen. The Chargers roll back take the lead again, Titans strike, tying field goals, time expires, then the then the Titans win in an overtime. She's not been favorable game scripts to game scripts to pound the rock with Derrick Henry on the ground, and then they got blitzed last week 27-3 against the Browns. I don't see that changing this week. Nope. I agree with you. Give me the Bengals to go to Nashville, get a win. Tennessee falls to one and three. Honestly, you can make a debate. You can make a debate. They're the worst team in the division. It's possible. Um, with the Colts' win over a, a real team in the Ravens last week, it's it's definitely arguable. Um, let's move on to the NFC East. Uh, I'm going to start off this Eagles-Commanders uh, breakdown with a point on the Washington Commanders. So Sam Howell got embarrassed last week, and I firmly believe that this is going to be the week where I can confidently say if Sam Howell is going to be able to make it in the NFL. And the reason is because one of the biggest things I look for is how a quarterback responds after getting shellacked like that. Um, can Sam Howell come out and throw to some of these these pass catchers that he has at his disposal uh, against a, a competent Eagles defense? Very good Eagles defense. Slept on Eagles defense. I'll get to it. Uh, but I'm, I'm really looking at Sam Howell. I'm going to have him under a microscope on my TV this week at 1 o'clock. One of the few uh, 1 o'clock games the Eagles play this year. So going to be interesting to watch. But for the Eagles' side of things, uh, look, the NFL should be scared because uh, they are not playing their best football, not even close to their best football, uh, and they are still undefeated so far at 3-0, and widening their margin of victory each week. Uh, look, this team, it seems like when one thing goes right, something else is falling apart. When the defensive line is clicking, the secondary is banged up, and they can't you know, shut anyone down. Uh, when the running attack is on, uh, A.J. Brown is dropping balls wide open, uh, and Hertz is missing Devontae Smith along sidelines all the time. And why are we doing these one-yard flat routes to Dallas Goddard? I don't get it. But um, when the Eagles click, it's they're the best team in the league in my mind. I know San Fran is really good. They're the second best. Um, and I don't think that margin is very large. Uh, but the Eagles, Bradbury was back last week, showed how important he is. Jalen Carter wanted to touch on. I'm going to try and move through this really quick. Uh, just a couple of points. Bradbury and Carter uh, under-talked about. Jalen Carter is going to be one of the biggest rookie forces in the league. Um, he had a forced fumble and a sack last week. Um, anything I haven't talked about? Uh, nope, that's the Carter thing. Yeah, just Eagles are, are a force. And they, this is going to be another one of those games that I think they could kind of win in their sleep. Um, I think it's a double-digit win, clearly. I think it's about seventeen point victory for the birds. All right, I'll get my I'll get my comments on on Philadelphia in just one moment. 
has to do with a message from the KUR Notebook. From the KUR Community Calendar, join KUAB and OSI for a night full of hilarious comedy. On October 4th at MSU 183, comedian Kelly Kells will be sure to have you laughing. Kelly Kells is a teacher turned comedian who provides comedic relief from the realities of the lives of black women and families. One of the country's most dynamic comedians, Kelly Kells has performed on HBO's all-deaf digital comedy, Vivica A. Fox's Funny by Nature comedy tour, and the Greek comedy tour, where she encourages members of black Greek letter organizations to challenge negative stigmas regarding Greek life and promote college graduation. This message brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Back here, heavy hitters, hour number two. Talking all things NFL, the 1 p.m. slate of games. Mitch was talking all things Eagles. I'll give my comments on Philadelphia, where I think they, you know, what I think they've done through their first three games. They have looked strong, as many expected them to. They're three and zero. Hasn't been convincing wins, but you know, when your record says you're three and zero, it's tough to refute. When you have three wins in the win column to zero losses, hasn't been the I would say sharpest play that Eagles fans have been have been looking for. No, as there's Jalen been times Hurts, where I'm really questioning Jalen and Nick. Yeah, 640 in the yardage, three touchdowns, three picks. I mean, it's very okay. I mean, already three interceptions for Hurts. Yeah. And, you know, you look at his production last year for Jalen Hurts and how elite he truly was being in the MVP running all the way up until season's end. I mean, he threw six interceptions all of last year. He's already halfway to that total in three games. It was so rare. What I will say to the Eagles, though, um, similar thing happened last year where uh, – the Eagles, with the exception of the Vikings game in Week 2, really didn't play their best football. And even this year's Vikings game had a similar feel to it before the Vikings put up some late points. I don't think that game was particularly close. I know it was a six-point margin, but, um, you know, I remember playing against the Jaguars last year, a team no one thought had any potential at the time. And Jalen Hurts throws a pick six. Eagles are down, I believe, 13 or 14 nothing was in the first quarter. Yep. Uh, and they came back and won that game. I don't think they allowed a point afterwards or maybe a field goal. No, it was like 27-22. I'm sorry. They, they did allow a touchdown. Um, but the, the Lions game week one, they won by three or four. Um, yeah, 35-31. Just a lot of close games. They beat, I believe, the same commander's team by one score. Uh, if it was two, then it opened up right at the end. In Washington, but Washington beat them in Philly last yeah, year. Yeah, Washington beat them in Philly. The, the Eagles that broke the undefeated season, right? Yeah, it did. It was uh, week we were eight. No, eight. No, oh, eight. No. Okay, so that was a little bit later than that. But I think it was week ten because of our bye week yes. right before. That's so, why I'm getting the double digits. Yes, um, where I believe it was Jonathan Gannon said. I mean, people forget that we were we were nine and zero. Oh. No, you weren't. Um, <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. So I, I think the Eagles take some time to heat up. They took time last year. Um, this coaching staff. It's a whole new coaching staff. Give it time to gel. Um, I'm that. That's why I'm happy with a five point win against the Patriots, a six point win against the Vikings, a, whatever it was, eleven points against the Buccaneers. Uh, no, 14, 14. 11. Yeah. By the way, that score's never happened before. Weird. Yeah, I was gonna say. I like when I heard the final score. I was like, what a weird score. It's a scoregami. I didn't think that was that weird. I I definitely thought twenty five eleven happened before, but I was wrong. So. Anyways, I'm going to move on from that. That's my high horse. Let's move into the late window here. Uh, Chargers Raiders. The Chargers uh, almost at 0-3. They're 1-2. Got a win by the skin of their teeth uh, with a Kirk Cousins interception last year. They have the second best offense and the second worst defense. Unfortunately, that offense takes a hit. Mike Williams is out for the season. Jack, how do you see uh, Jimmy G and friends 
matching up against Justin Herbert. <laughs> Jimmy G and Friends. Yeah. Sounds like a Sounds like a great sitcom. Yeah, or like a children's TV show. <laughs> All right, anyway, my thoughts on the Raiders and the Chargers. Look, Jimmy G didn't play poorly last week against the Steelers. He had to dodge his own coach's incompetence by electing to kick a field goal with 2 minutes and 25 (laughs) seconds left to make it 25-18 instead of going for it down by 8. So, I mean, again, it's tough when your coach decides to be an idiot in the final 3 minutes of the game and essentially lose your team the game. But... All things aside, there is my gripe with Josh McDaniels continues. I never thought this guy's a good head coach. No, by I the don't way, think he's good. I saw a stat started six and zero in his coaching career with the Broncos. Ever since he's been seven and twenty four after he got caught cheating. Wow, just just an in- interesting tidbit. Saw it on Twitter. I mean, Jimmy G. Look, it's three, actually X. Yeah, X. Three picks in this game against the Steelers last week. Two touchdowns, three picks, 324 yards. A lot of it was to Devontae Adams, who went for 172 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, thank you. That's incredible. Family league. Beat He's, my father. Yeah, I, I had him in my family league, nice. too. Nice. As I beat my brother. His his team's pretty uh, destroyed by injury, but <laughs> my team's pretty good. Dude, my team, point scored. I believe I'm number one in the league, and I'm yet to get Cooper Cup back. So. Wow. Yeah. We're cooking. But back to Raiders-Chargers. Uh, you mentioned Chargers, second best offense. I think it's going to play a factor. I know they might take a little bit of a dip with the Mike Williams injury dump of the season towards ACL. I feel like that guy always gets hurt, man. It's yeah, a shame. man, it is. Him and Keenan Allen always. What do you think about Joshua Palmer filling in, though? I picked him up on the waiver wire uh, in my league that kind of matters. Joshua Palmer, I think he's an, he's an interesting guy. It's not like it's a new guy who you're saying, hey, we're going to throw you into the fire here with no experience. Palmer's had experience in this offense, played last year, actually was hyped up early last he year was. as kind of a breakout guy. Never really happened. This is his opportunity. Could it be a if delayed breakout? If there's a chance for it to happen, I think it's right now just because of the opportunity that's presented itself. I think Quentin Johnston's also a guy who can prove himself, the rookie who had an incredible year at TCU last year yep. and wrapped to their national championship game appearance after they got, you know, before they got blitzed by Georgia. But he was a focal point of that offense last year that was led by Max Duggan with the Horn Frogs and Sonny Dykes. I think he has a chance as a rookie wideout to make his presence felt in this offense, giving the Chargers to win their five and a half point favorites. Chargers to win, I know it's a divisional game, Chargers to cover. Despite that bad defense, I think they'll find a yeah. way to play a little bit better this week. Well, it's interesting. And they um, held Minnesota to 24. One other aspect I'm looking at the I don't think we touched on yet was running games. Eckler should be coming back this week. Please let that happen. I need that to happen. Meanwhile, Josh Jacobs. I know I'm so emphatic. Oh about man, that. the rushing leader from last year has not looked the same. Is this the year or is this the week he gets back on track? I came in. I have the Chargers written down. However, um, I think Devontae Adams is really good. I think uh, Jimmy G, he's not the best quarterback, but a game manager can sometimes pick apart a very bad defense, and that's what we have with the Chargers right now. I know that they held Cousins to 24, uh, but he's pretty incompetent at scoring opportunities. If they put in the end zone, that's 30, and it doesn't look quite as good with that 3 in the 10 spot. Um, so give me, uh, give me Jacobs to have a big day. Give me Adams to have another big one. And a little dip in production for the uh, Chargers offense with the absence of Mike Williams. Uh, give me the Raiders on a whim. Couldn't disagree more with the rushing attack production for the Raiders. I Not because not of Josh Jacobs. It's the offensive, offensive line. line. It's, it's terrible. very bad. It's very bad. But sometimes, sometimes talent wins out. I'm not overly impressed with the Chargers defense. Sitting I don't blame 31st you. 31st overall. <laughs> I so, don't blame you. I think this could be the week for him. Uh, one final game, and then I have two cupcakes in my mind that will make our way through. Cowboys-Patriots. It's a tough Patriots defense. Eagles saw that firsthand. Um, you know, they held a Miami team that put up 70 the week after to 24 points in prime time. 
Uh, the Cowboys without Trayvon Diggs. Cowboys with some offensive line injuries as well. Cowboys come in favored by a touchdown, seven points. Uh, I don't see that. I see this as a field goal game in favor of New England. Give me the Patriots to upset them boys and even them out at two and two. I don't see it happening. I know you don't. It's in Jerry's world. Give me the Cowboys to go to three and one. I don't. I don't like this New England offense. They, it's, it's not great. It's looked better in some capacity since Bill O'Brien's return to play calling duties as the offensive coordinator. I'm not convinced enough. I don't think they can go on the road and beat a very solid Cowboys team despite their shortcomings in Arizona last week. You know, it's interesting, though. Looking at the stats, total offense, they're only two apart. The Cowboys sit at 11th, Patriots at 13th, and they're 4th and 5th in defense. I think Trayvon Diggs is a big part of being 4th, so I think the Cowboys defense should slip a little bit um, without him. And we saw that against the Cardinals. Cardinals put up 28. This is a team that just lost to the Cardinals. This is a defining moment for their season right now. Your division rival still undefeated with somewhat of a cupcake game this week. You can't fall back down by two games uh, to uh, substandard teams. So well, I know a lot of the Cowboys' success in those first two wins came because of their defense, special teams, and overall total production. But, you know, they have last, week, last week nobody wanted to talk about how injured the Cowboys were. They were. And again, that's yeah, you say, yeah, it's an excuse. But when you're down two, I think maybe even three starting offensive linemen, that's a huge effect on a team. That completely alters how you function as an offense, which would clearly explain why they didn't, you know, cash in on some opportunities and function at the highest level offensively. I think if they can get some of those guys back this week, that's going to be game-altering. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are going to win it. Or they're going to win it convincingly. I don't the like Pollard this. Express is hoping I, I, for those I, offensive linemen back. I don't like I don't like this New England offense. I can't buy into it. They're one and three. It's hard to buy into it for me, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bite the bullet. Uh, I they got, can't run the ball at all. I know, and it's really not that much better passing it. So, like they just don't hold possession. For I just that think long. the coaching disparity is also something to take into account here. Coaching plays a factor. But on the other side of this break, because we have hit that 20-minute mark, we, uh, have. we got two final games to talk about, one more 425 game, and then the Sunday night football game. And then we would move into all things college football week five. Buckle up. We got two more segments coming your way here on Heavy Hitters, Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Hour number two on this Wednesday evening. So glad to be with you the middle of the week, Mitchell. Yes, it is. It's the middle of the week. Yes, sir. As we're previewing what's ahead on the weekend. All right. We were talking all things NFL. I picked the Patriots to upset them boys. I picked the Cowboys. Just two more games to get to. NFC West showdown at 425. Uh, I got the 49ers uh, over the Cardinals by 10 minimum. Snooze fest. Playmakers. Oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this is just going to be me on Sunday at 425 yeah. <laughs> when I'm following this game because the 49ers yeah. are going to absolutely shellack the Cardinals okay. in this game. It's going to hey. be hey. disgusting. Divisional I don't care. matchup. I don't care what Jonathan Gannon <laughs> thinks he did last weekend by beating the Cowboys. Not going to matter. Not against this team because the 49ers are the best team in the land and they are going to absolutely whoop up on Arizona. 4-0 San Francisco. This team's incredible. They don't have a major weakness. The Cardinals... They they will get dominated at the lines of scrimmage in this game. No okay. chance they win. Agreed. 
Uh, Chiefs roll the Jets. I have them up by uh, 13 minimum. I took. The, night by football. the way, I'm sorry if you wanted to comment on anything in the Cardinals 49ers game. No, no, it just, I didn't. I just wanted to get that. I literally out said there. my whole thing. I said uh, 49ers over the Cardinals by 10. That's all I had written down for that game. Yeah, Niners uh, 14 have, point favorites. I have Chiefs roll the Jets by 17. I'm gonna say 13. I don't know. I feel like it's like a garbage time touchdown for Zach Wilson and company. Um, yeah, not uh, not feeling good about the Jets' chances in this one. Um, the Chiefs are going to shake it off. And uh, Oh, I see what you did there. You're yeah. buying in, buddy. No, I'm not. You're I buying in. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the Chiefs will win by 22. <laughs> yeah, I think the Jets are going to be drawing a blank space early and often in this game. Stop. Uh, the Chiefs are going to roll. Chiefs are favored by 9.5. The, the Jets wear short skirts. The Chiefs wear T-shirts. The Jets are the Chiefs, captains. And the you, know, Chiefs you know what the Chiefs the are going to be singing as they're going into New York? What? Welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. It's been waiting for you. <laughs> it's been waiting for you. Whoop up on. <laughs> yeah. It's been waiting for you because, you know, we want to see a competent football team play in our stadium. Uh, and that's not the Jets this year okay. just because of their quarterback issues. Jack, we're going to move out. We're going to swiftly tailor our focus to college football. Oh. Oh, I think that's the best one, right? Boom. That's the best one. Put full, it of, full of T-Swift Boom. references here, but yeah, we both got the Chiefs. I'm not happy about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's go. We're going to talk about uh, Travis, not Kelsey. I mean, the Florida State quarterback. Not Boom. Let's talk about They don't play this weekend. Bummer. So we're not talking about Travis. No. <laughs> I forgot about that. You did tell me they were on a bye. No, we're not. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about them. We're uh, not going to talk about them. No, we're not. When you look at it. Because they're on a bye week. They're getting ready for Virginia Tech, who's you know so who's bad. not on a bye week? The undefeated Bed State Nittany Lions. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Man, he doesn't even know. I am he going out know. on a limb. Yes, they play, Mitch, and you're lucky they do because you would have looked so foolish right there if they were on a bye week. <laughs> oh, man. When is their bye? I think next week. Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy. Okay. Um, nope. Yeah, so Penn State. They got a cupcake, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Northwestern is that's what the I definition like. of that's a cupcake. That's what I like. I mean, you're favored by 27 on the road in a conference Ooh. game. I don't. If that's not a cupcake, I don't know what is. So Penn State's going to win. They're going to cover. It's going to be. It's, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. It is going to be bad. Yeah, I was right. Penn State's bye week is next week. They host UMass before going to Columbus for that late October showdown. Oh, uh, between them. Hot. Diggity dog. Between them and the Buckeyes. Oh man, I might be uh, I might be out of state for that. Oh yeah, you will potentially, likely, yeah. almost certainly. Exactly. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. Or I know where you're gonna be that week. Working out a few uh, logistics. Yeah. Flying out of the train airport. I feel like I shouldn't say. <laughs> I feel like you should not have said that. They don't know what day. <laughs> Flying out of the Trenton Airport <laughs> yeah. at uh, 1.33 p.m. <laughs> on Delta Airlines Flight 817. Oh, my God. No, I, it's not. <laughs> just course, making up sure. numbers. Yeah, just making up airlines here on Gamma All right. Airlines. All right, <laughs> let, let's let's move on here. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Friday. A couple of interesting games on Friday. I would start with Thursday, but not a whole lot to look forward to there. Uh, just only three games in the entire FBS slate. Not, not games that. You know, you're going to be sitting down excited to put on your television. Unless you're a Western Kentucky or Middle Tennessee State fan. Or you happen to like Temple. 
You happen to be a Temple Owls fan. All five of those fans. They play at Tulsa this week. I found a random Temple shirt in my laundry. You did tell me this. This is so weird. It has to be my dad's. So bizarre. He didn't even go to... Oh, wait, did he? No, he didn't even go to (laughs) Temple. (laughs) Let me to double check that. He didn't even go to... Wait, did he? No, he didn't even go to Temple. I'm second-guessing myself, Jack. Uh, That's funny. All right, let's start breaking down these games. Friday, I'm going to give you a game to look forward to and then go in an in-depth breakdown. Louisville goes to... Raleigh, North Carolina, take on NC State. The Wolfpack, 4-0. Jeff Brom back at his alma mater in Louisville. Doing good things there in his first year. They are undefeated, are the cards. Uh, They will host Notre Dame next week. If they win this one, they're going to be 5-0. Could be an underrated matchup between them and the Irish next week. We'll talk about Notre Dame a little bit later on as they have a marquee matchup coming up on Saturday. Wolfpack coming at 3-1 with their transfer QB, Brennan Armstrong. Not off to a great start. Five touchdowns, four picks in their first four games and only 859 yards. He's also the leading rusher for this team. Not inspired by the NC State offense. If I had to give a game pick, I'd go Louisville. They're three-and-a-half point favorites. Give me the Cardinals to go to 5-0. and Wow. I'll go the upset. I'll go NC State. All right. Enough out of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, be quiet over there, co-host. <laughs> I think just the calm manner in which I said yeah. that made that fun. Go back to sipping your water. All right. Enough out of you. Yeah. Anyway. I've had enough of your snarky malarkey. Big, big breakdown game though on Friday. Top 20 showdown in Corvallis, Oregon. It is the 10th-ranked Utah Utes against the 19th-ranked Oregon State Beavers. Utah comes in undefeated. Oregon State 3-1. They're trying to reel things in after a loss last week in Pullman, Washington against the Washington State Cougars. By the way, I love saying the town names of these schools where they're at. I just feel like that's like my niche. It's a major flex. It absolutely is. 100%. Reeser Stadium going to be rocking on Friday. As now the he's just Beavers, showing off of. As the Beavers are back home. Um, and I think this is a prime bounce-back opportunity. I don't think Utah's offense is all of that good. Without Cam Rising, Nate Johnson's done a good job to weather the storm for them at the quarterback position. Looking at the rushing attack, I'm not loving what I'm seeing, you know, out of there. At you least know, you can see it. Ja- <laughs> Jaquindon Jackson, the leading rusher. I would love it. Ja- Jaquindon Jackson, the leading rusher for them. Uh, he comes in. With 239 yards on the ground at 39 carries, that's decent. But as an overall backfield, Makai Bernard, I, Bernard, I think they had higher hopes for him to start the year. I don't think he's gotten off to the start that they would have anticipated. Uh, and that room has just kind of been a whole lot of meh, a whole lot of average year coming in. And then especially in the passing game, I mean, there's just not a whole lot to, to boast about for, for the Utes. It's been defensive wins. You know, They beat UCLA 14-7 to last week in a physical slugfest kind of game. They beat Weber State 31 to 7. Utah, I mean, they they beat Baylor 20 to 13. Their their highest point total is 31 uh against an FCS squad. So again, the, the offense has not been impressive, you know, without Cam rising. It's been impressive that they're 4-0. It's impressive that they've, you know, stayed undefeated till this point without their without their stud QB, uh, you know, running the show for their offense. But I think this is the week where it comes to an end. I love this rushing attack for Oregon State. They average 224 rush yards per game. But this stingy Utes defense offers a tough test. They average 51 rushing yards allowed per game. That so you're seeing crazy. strength on strength. Utes defense also allows, I believe, under 10 points per game on average. It's incredible the start that the Utes defense has gotten off to. They are a complete team. I think once Cam Rising gets back, 
But I think this is the first time where the offense won't be able to put up enough points to get them the win. I'm going to give the slight edge to this rushing attack for Oregon State to be able to do enough. I think DJ Uyunglele is the better quarterback in this game. That's the Clemson transfer. Before. The Clemson transfer. Actually, it has, Mitch. No. Despite, despite your thoughts, he's, he's not a not bad good. quarterback. He is. He's not a bad quarterback. Oh, not can't. A I'm bad going Utah. Quarterback. Silas Bolden as well, their leading receiver. For, for Oregon State as a player to look out for in this one. And Oregon State in the red zone. One of nine teams in all of the FBS to score in every red zone trip. Going 14-14, to 14, 13 That's touchdowns. Crazy. 13 touchdowns to one field goal. So oh, oh, I State, thought you meant they had 14 touchdowns. Okay. 13 well, touchdowns to one field goal is pretty impressive, impressive, though. It's a little less. A little less, but less, that's still really good. Left, left some points out there. Oh, yeah. Four. Makes a difference. Four whole points. Yeah. Now, nah, give me the Utes. I think that defense is special. I think this team is special. I think they're really good. I like Utah. 51 yards per game. I like Utah. But with the stable of backs the Beavers can throw with their combination, uh, with their top two guys in that backfield, between, you know, you got Damian Martinez, 432 yards, their team leader there. Uh, and then right behind him, it's no easy feat to stop uh, Mr. Fenwick. That sounds like a Harry Potter name. Yeah, Deshaun Fenwick, right behind him. He's only got 253. I mean, it's it's his, you know a little bit of a drop-off, but those two guys, very, very potent on the ground. I think DJ throws three picks. And for that reason, give me Oregon State. Give me the two Utes. Home dogs. Oh, no, they're not a home dog. They're favored. What am I saying? <laughs> um, they're at home. I'm going with and two I think that's the edge. to start off. You know, if they put, put these teams in a neutral field right now, I think it would be dead even. But Oregon State's favored by three. I think the home field advantage uh, is is the sole reason why. And that's why I'm going to pick Oregon State to win, Oregon State to cover against the Utes of Utah. All right. Cincinnati-BYU, another intriguing game on Friday. We're not going to deep dive preview that, though. That's the uh, first Big 12 conference game between two of the four newcomers. Cincinnati opened their Big 12 uh, schedule by playing Oklahoma last week. They lost 20-6 to at home. BYU went to Kansas, lost 38-27 in their Big 12 opener, despite getting an impressive win at Arkansas the week before. So one of these two new Big 12 schools will get their first win in their new conference this week. That game's in Provo, Utah at BYU. All right, moving Am on I to the Saturday. Am I the only one that thinks it's stupid that there's not 12, like 12 teams in the Big 12, 10 teams? Oh, no, my dad 10. says it all the time. I, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's atrocious. It's it's one of the things that's irritated me the most in sports. Mitch, Mitch thinks it's an atrocity. I, I think it's quite honestly a war crime, <laughs> oh and I think we need to readdress ourselves as a society. Wow, that that's so. that's that's what gets you to that conclusion. Oh yeah, it just drives me up the wall. Yeah, I, it, that's that's just what it is. It's just what it, it's like when you wake up one minute before your alarm. Oh my. Dude, that's uh, how much it irritates me. That is so infuriating. Yeah. That is so infuriating. It's the worst. At least if I wake up like 10 minutes before, I can have like 10 minutes of peace and just like For relax. me, it's always like five, which is the worst because it's the middle ground because you can't Ooh. even like get can't comfortable get back laying back down. Yeah. It's just like you have to sit there and be like, uh, I guess one minute, yeah, you've up. accepted your fate. Like five minutes, like, do I try? Like, you can't even try at that point because if you fall back asleep, you're not getting up in five minutes. You know, you want to know what sucks about being really blind is sometimes I look at my phone when I wake up, misread it, think I'm five minutes ahead of my alarm. I was actually like 45 and I get up and then I just, I just, oh. That's terrible. That's when I realize how bad having a disability is. That moment right there. Moving on. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love we always find a way to have like one really intriguing conversation about the most random topics of one point throughout the show. It's like 99% sports. Yeah. It's been a really and good show. Life so issues, far. you know. I think we've nailed down this show so far. Yeah, so far I think we've we've been smooth sailing. With the but exception of you picking the Cowboys, I think it's been smooth all the way through. Let's get back to uh, college football. Though. We already talked idea. about Penn State, Northwestern. That's a noon start. Did we talk about them? Uh, I mean, we kind of just said they're going to blow them out. But mm. I guess if you want to talk about the in-depth reasons why. No, I don't. I because mean, it's going to be so obvious. Katron Allen and Nick Singleton are all over them. And Have you seen this Nick Singleton um, video of him trying the Gatorade flavor all over your TikTok? I saw it a couple times. Been everywhere. He thinks it's Barry. <laughs> uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith's going to have a good day, too, for Penn State. Nindy lines are going to roll. They're going to go to 5-0. and They're going to crush yeah. them. Northwestern does not The hype is building, buddy. Much the of hype is building. I'm so excited. You're number sixth. Number... <laughs> Your, Sixth ranked. Your number six ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. All right. Well, let's look at a team that Penn State jumped. This past week in the AP poll, and that's the number eight ranked USC Trojans. They're going to be going to Boulder, Colorado to take on a reeling Buffalo team after getting Ooh. clobbered up in Eugene, Oregon at Alton Stadium by the Ducks. They're coming back home to face a mighty Trojan offense. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier for the reigning Heisman winner, Mom. Caleb Williams. Stop calling me mom. Whoa. <laughs> I should answer it be like, Kristen, you're on the radio. Oh, my goodness. That would have been so funny. All right. Anyway, talking about USC, though, Caleb Williams has gone for 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, man. He's special. He'll be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Sure, Sanders, he's also gone off to a special start. Not his greatest week, not his greatest week last week uh, against Oregon, but, I mean, the whole Colorado team could say that. I don't see their fortunes changing uh, this Saturday. They're 21.5-point home dogs. Uh, and in this situation, home dogs just don't bark louder. Um, yeah. Colorado's going to get crushed again. Yeah, it's not going to be good. Not going to be good. Crushed, like, as if by a boulder. Oh, my. <laughs> get it? Yes. That's no, I do play. get it. I do get it. But, man. Yeah, the uh, USC score is going to be a mile high. Yeah. It will be. Anyways, I'm done with Colorado. Puns. Sky High Colorado. Sky. Oh, can't do that to me, dude. Dan and Shay came out with a new album. It is fantastic if you haven't listened to it. That's who I reference when I say Sky High Colorado. All right. Well, we are at about 20 seconds before our final break. So I'm going to give you some games to watch in the noon slate that we're not going to fully break down before we go uh, to our final break. Florida goes to Kentucky. Uh, interesting battle there in the SEC Eastern Division. Graham Mertz and the Gators, 22nd ranked in the country. Uh, I like the Cats in that one. Uh, Devin Leary and Kentucky to go to 5-0. and How bad it? Texas A&M goes to Arkansas in an interesting SEC West showdown there. And Clemson goes to Syracuse. The Tigers try to rebound after a tough home loss last week against the Florida State Seminoles. Syracuse also, by the way, 4-0. Garrett Schrader back at QB for the Orange. They look Hank pretty Schrader. good. Yes, Asac Schrader. Asac Schrader. Asac Schrader, the quarterback for Syracuse. And he's throwing no. to Steve Gomez for the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, no, it is not Hank Schrader. It's Garrett Schrader, but the Syracuse offense is firing on all cylinders. They are 4-0 so far. We'll see if they can get a big-time home win against Dabo Swinney and Clemson. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we will finish previewing the weekend ahead in college football here on Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. K or Kutztown, don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Heavy hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. However you may be listening, 
wherever you may be listening, and with whoever you may be listening. With. Thank you for joining us. I don't know. Is that grammar? You should know it. Uh, <laughs> we have one more segment here. We're going through college football week five. We've talked about a few games uh, Friday night and Saturday afternoon. Can't forget about those Golden Bears. Exciting. Is it um, getting unconfirmed reports that it may be family day on Saturday? Is that true, Jack? Uh, let me double check. That? It might be a factual statement to say that. Okay. But uh, As yeah. I'm going to take a quick check. By the way, I was totally like ready to go for that uh, intro to this. It is. It is family like day. 30 seconds. You know, I was like here waiting for hours. It is family day, by the way. Nice. Okay. Your suspicions have been proven correct. Correct. People talk loud when they want to act smart, right? Correct. So we got one more segment, though. It's going to be a great segment. The best you've ever heard. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, I'm a car commercial. All right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Anymore. Well, it's hit that point of the night, Jack. Let's move to the 3:30 slate. Some other games to watch. Georgia goes to Auburn. The Plains down in Auburn, Alabama. Auburn's not going to win the football game. No, they're not. Georgia over two touchdown favorites. Dogs are going to roll. They are going to win. Michigan goes to Nebraska out in the Big Ten. Heavy favorites of the Wolverines for, for good reason. But a game worthy of an in-depth breakdown is the 24th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks with Big 12 preseason player of the year in their quarterback, Jalen. Jalen Daniels. Quarterbacks named Jalen are terrible. Just that's just your take? Yeah, that's, that's my take. I got it up close and personal here. I guess that's true. It's not good. It hurts I mean, to watch. I, w- I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that him being bad is true, but the fact <laughs> you get to see it up close and personal yeah. is correct. All right. The now, this question Jaylen, I really me, have no data on. So The biggest question for me in this game, will Kansas be able to limit Texas's rushing attack? Last year in this matchup, Texas ran all over the Jayhawk defense. 423 yards to be exact and a 55-14 beatdown in Lawrence a year ago. Kansas this year, though, Beefed up that defensive line by going out and getting three transfers in the portal. And so far through their first four games have allowed just 93 rush yards per game on the ground. So the question herein lies. Texas does not have a running back like B. John Robinson like they did last year. They don't have that this year. They don't have that kind of guy in that running back room. Can somebody step up for them not to be on Bijan's level, but to be enough of a threat where they can torch this KU defense. I'm looking at Jonathan Brooks, the running back, the lead running back for for Texas to do that. He's kind of a all-purpose back. He can run it in between the tackles, bounce to the outside. He's a receiving threat as well. I'm looking for him to answer the call there for the Horns in the backfield. Back to Kansas. For, for the Jayhawks to win this game, they got to draw long drives, hold the possession, keep Quinn Ewers in that potent Texas offense off the field. I'm looking for them to run the ball as well as they possibly can too. Devin Neal, the lead back for Kansas, is going to be a big part of the Jayhawks' offense. As much as Jalen Daniels can throw it, they're going to have to run it efficiently to be able to give themselves a shot to win this game. But I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing the path to victory for Kansas. Texas is 16-and-a-half-point favorites. I can't predict an upset that large. Give me Texas to win, but I'm going to go Kansas to cover. I'm going to be bullish on the Jayhawks here. Give me them to cover. Texas is going to win by uh, two touchdowns. I got the Longhorns covering. I got Texas. That's not a bad pick, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I was in between on that. It's but okay. 
You know what? I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I like it. I like it. Show it some gut. The small, the smaller school in Kansas, in terms of like football. Second best powers. KU in the country. Agreed. Agreed. Texas to win. Kansas to cover. Not confident in the Kansas to cover part, but I'm gonna say it anyway. But Texas is gonna win. Do it. I like the confidence. All right. Let's keep moving on through here, shall we? I like it. It's a great idea. It's usually what we do. That is usually what we After do. After quite a delay. <laughs> Sticking in the Big 12, Houston, Texas Tech. That's a matchup uh, of note there, man. That's a matchup. <laughs> it's a matchup of note. It's a game that's you didn't, you, didn't let, you didn't let me finish. Yeah, I didn't because I made a premature judgment. You did. By the way, the Mets are beating the Marlins 11-2 to in the doubleheader. Nice. Shellacking them. Yeah, the Phillies and Pirates Let's just go got Mets. underway. Let's go game Mets. That means My nothing. phone's probably going to die, by the way, 3%. Really? Yeah, I did not think it was Ooh. this low. Uh, but it is. It um, is one nothing Pirates in or wait, did I? Re- yeah, the Pirates are in Philly. I, I'm so wrong sometimes. Uh, Pirates one nothing over the Phils in a game that means absolutely nothing. Yeah, I suppose. Good for them. I suppose. Okay, uh, keeping on moving through here, we have Mizzou going to Vanderbilt in the SEC. Another intriguing showdown there as Mizzou looks to go to five and zero there in the top twenty five. I believe the Tigers will be playing Georgia. No, LSU. I knew it was a ranked team, not Georgia. They play Georgia a little later on. They host LSU next week. If they beat Vanderbilt on the road, it could be 5-0 and Mizzou hosting LSU in a top 25 matchup there. Which we would break down for you right here on Heavy Hitters. Bingo. Right on the money there, Mitch. All right, speaking of LSU, let's talk about them. They go to Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Rebels of Ole Miss this week. Top 20 showdown, 13th ranked LSU, 20th ranked Ole Miss. Rebels trying to reel things in after a tough loss, 24-10 last week in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. For Ole Miss, look, this is a one-dimensional offense. They don't run the ball well. Jackson Dart is the leading rusher. He's the quarterback for those who are unaware unbeknownst to some, I would say. Uh, he's their leading rusher with 219 yards. They don't run the ball well. Despite having a solid running back in Quinshawn Judkins, they they just can't run it for, for whatever reason. They can't get the ground game going. It is a pass-first offense here this season. Can the passing game do enough against this LSU defense uh, for, for, for the Rebels, pardon me, to get them enough points to win it? I'm not sure. I am not sure I can't definitively answer that question with a yes. For LSU, I look at their defensive front. Can it wreak enough havoc on this Ole Miss front uh, to alter this game and make Jackson Dart feel consistent pressure? I'm going to go yes to that question. I'm going to take LSU to win. They're two and a half point favorites. I'm going to take LSU to cover. Tough goings for Ole Miss. For what could have you know looked like it could have been a good year and could still be a decent year for them. Give me LSU to win. Any thoughts on this one, Mitch? Uh, no. I am Livy done with this game. <laughs> had to hit you with something, buddy. That's funny. I had to. Level All right. 10 got Riz. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> that video was terrible. <laughs> you left. Because it was just so bizarre. All right. We do have a message from the K or a notebook, though, first, before we get back in our college football discussion. Two from- to nothing, Pirates. Okay. There's an interjection. That's from the Mitch. announcement. From the KUR community calendar, KU proudly presents the Mark Morris Dance Group coming to the Schaefer Auditorium October 11th at 7.30 p.m. The most successful and influential choreographer alive and indisputably the most musical is how the New York Times describes Mark Morris. Choreographing is... Choreographing, I don't know what I'm saying. Choreographing, I like choreographing. <laughs> choreographing. Choreographing for an audience's ears as well as its eyes is a trademark of Morris's style. 
This repertory performance, which includes pieces from recent works such as Pepperland and The Look of Love, are as much about his music choice as about the movement. An integral part of the Mark Morris Dance Group, the music ensemble famously provides live accompaniment, creating a must-see for dance and music well, fans guess I'm out. alike. This message brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Sorry for butchering some words in there. Uh, and sorry for interjecting. I'm sure it will be great for anyone of any experience of life. I'm sure it will be fantastic. <laughs> when you look at it. Oh, my goodness. I was waiting for that, actually. I couldn't resist. I was waiting for that. Uh, Big but. 12, Iowa State goes to Oklahoma. The Sooners 20-point favorites there after Iowa State got a win last week at home against Oklahoma State, 34-27. Mike Gundy's group reeling there um, in Stillwater. But I believe it's Stillwater, Oklahoma. I think if I'm remembering off the top of my head correctly. Um, anyway, continuing to, to move nothing on. nothing Pirates. Three to nothing Pirates. Mitch is just going to keep giving us scoring updates I'm as, just as, as the game goes on. I'm just feeding you, bro. Got it. Nothing's getting past me. Last notable matchup that I have down, South Carolina goes to Tennessee in the SEC East. Uh, the Gamecocks take on the Volunteers at Neyland Stadium. Tennessee, 12-point favorites. I don't know. Got to ride with the Vols, baby. Yeah, you like the Vols. They Gotta lost, ride they with lost the Vols. to the Gators early. I don't see them losing this one at home yeah. to South Carolina. That would be a huge upset. Looks like the joke's on South Carolina because they lost big this time. Morgan Wallen? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Sure. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> Jack, we're getting to that time where it's uh, about time to crank tell her about it at full volume. Yeah, it is. Alabama goes to Mississippi State. That's in Starkville. Alabama, 14.5-point favorites great over the Bulldogs. Name, the yeah, Starkville, I Mississippi. I love to live there. That sounds like something out of Gilmore Girls. Alabama's going to crush them. I mean, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. I think Alabama's in crimson. Not fully back, but they looked a lot better last week. I think they can use that as momentum and a springboard uh, against Mississippi State. Washington goes to Arizona. Another game that I think is going to be ugly. This Huskies offense looks incredible. Michael Penix Jr. I think is at the forefront of the Heisman race early on. Has already got 1,600 yards passing, 16 touchdowns to two picks. Uh, this, this Huskies offense just fires on all cylinders. One of the best in the country, uh, especially when it comes to the passing attack. Love Washington to roll in that one. How about Fresno State represent the Mountain West? They're top 25. They're 4-0. They host Nevada. They're going to crush them. Nevada's 0-4. You ever Not forget like Fresno exists? Game. Yeah, Fresno, California. I think it's just an underrated. Forgettable. Yeah, it is. But Derek Carr and Devontae Adams is uh, college. Yeah, like there's notable people from Fresno. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. They mentioned it in Dog with a Blog. Like it's on the map. <laughs> and just because they mentioned it in Dog with a Blog, Mitch knows it's not. Well, I thought Avery was like the best actor I've ever seen, actress I've yeah. ever seen. She's like my favorite character of any show growing up. Wow. She said she was going to put the dog on a train to Fresno. There it is. If he acted up. But anyways, uh, yeah, it's, you know, representing the Mountain West. Congratulations to Fresno State. Good team over there. Three to the three to the nine. Represent the, the ABQ. ABQ. What up? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Leave it at the tone. Very good. <laughs> Very good stopping yourself, Mitch. Yeah, I know wow. the temptation was there to say it just because that's the phrase. I'm the Jesse Pinkman of KUR. I, I guess, yeah. All right. Last game that I have an in-depth preview on to wrap up the show. Sure. Notre Dame travels to take on Duke, the Blue Devils. 17th ranked. They're getting a game day game. How about that? College game day going down to Duke's campus. Unbelievable. Good for the Blue Devils. Uh, but I don't think Saturday night's going to be be treating them too well. 
Notre Dame is six-point favorites in this game. Should be more. Yeah, it's going to be a blowout. Yeah. It's going to be a blowout. Notre Dame is great at not turning the ball over. Um, Sam Hartman, 14 touchdowns to zero interceptions. A powerful rushing attack featuring Aldrich Estime uh, and Jeremiah Love, along with others there in that Notre Dame backfield. Notre Dame's offensive line, I think, is going to be too much to handle for that Duke defensive front to get any sorts of consistent pressure on Sam Hartman. While Notre Dame's wide receivers aren't the best, I think, in this game, they'll be just fine as Sam Hartman's a veteran experienced QB um, in the college game. Notre Dame is so glad to have him. Riley Leonard, a great quarterback on the other side for Duke, but I don't think Duke has the playmakers. Despite Mike Elko being a great head coach for Duke, what he's done in his short time as the Blue Devils head coach has been incredible. Had a season that nobody expected last year with nine wins. They're off to, I believe, a 4-0 start this year, but this is where they get their first loss. Uh, just not, not much I'm liking for, for, for Duke here. Looking at sole matchup advantages, I'm like, where does where where does Duke have the edge? I don't see anywhere where the Blue Devils have the clear cut advantage over the Irish, and for that reason and that reason alone, I'm gonna go with Notre Dame to win, Notre Dame to cover. The Fighting Irish, gonna get it done. They're gonna go to five and one. Nice, I agree. I couldn't agree more. They're going to win by a lot. Uh, it's not going to be close. Got any more games? Or otherwise, I got a few uh, notes no. to touch on. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we got three minutes left. That's kind of all the big sure. in-depth, in-depth breakdowns for for the college games. Some other notable matchups there sandwiched in along with it, and another fun weekend ahead of college football for sure. The Michigan State situation is unfortunate. Yes, that he is did true. Get, uh, fired. Mel you, Tucker will be yeah. fired. Yeah, it was fired today actually. Yes. Um, on a different note, in a league we don't typically talk about. You see the big trade that went down uh, in the NBA? I did see it. Damian Lillard, yeah, Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. Yep. Three uh, teams involved. The Suns. Yeah, the Suns get involved. Ooh. Obviously trying to remember off the top of my head who is going back to I don't the remember the, the exchange, but I do know, like, you know, Lillard is obviously the centerpiece of it. Um, so, big trade there. Um, preseason hockey is back. It is. Flyers actually play the Islanders tonight. Really? The Flylander showdown, as you like to call yeah, it. Yeah, I love that. The Flylanders. Um, so that's great to see. Uh, love watching me some hockey. Also, just a, a quick take that I just like. We'll talk more about hockey as it gets fully into the Absolutely, season, by the way, we will. too. But, um, like, American sporting events in other countries, like the NFL or MLB in, like, London, absolutely rocks. I'm all in on it. I don't know, like that. I, I just huh. here's the problem, though. I get frustrated that it takes home games away from the the teams. Yeah, I get that. But um, I are the Jags ever moving to London? I'm not sure. Is that like happening? But I, I think the city is not supporting a plans for a either new stadium or stadium renovations. So that's, that's a bit problematic. Uh, but I want to go back to this trade real quick between uh, sure. you know the Damian Lillard deal. Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee. The Trailblazers are going to get Drew Holiday. Big pickup for them. I like that. I think Milwaukee is going to, you know, that's going to be a, a you know, it's going to hurt them. You know, they look at pieces that they gave up. DeAndre Ayton to Monty Kamara. 2029 unprotected first rounder from the Bucks going to Portland. And an unprotected uh, Milwaukee swaps rights uh, in 2028 and 2030 with their picks. What was that? I don't really know. I saw that too. What was that? That light. An illuminating light, lighting up the studio, almost like a lightning strike for a hot second. But it's not storming outside. No, not it's clear skies. Yeah. And 
Wow, that was strange. That's right. an interesting way to end the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have 20 seconds left. So Thank you so much for listening. Yes, what Mitch said, thank you so much for tuning in at any capacity, whether it's been the whole show or just called part of the show. We thank you nonetheless. You can listen back to past shows of Heavy Hitters on Spotify. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, Go enjoy your weekend. Go Bears. Go Bears. They'll be hosting East Stroudsburg on Saturday. Enjoy your weekend of sports. We'll be right back here on Monday evening. Heavy Hitters, K-U-R. Until then, take care.